Good morning to you, my friend, and welcome to the sit rep for today, the situation report. What's going on in the world? It's just uh, one dude who's sitting here talking at the internet, at the interwebs, and going, what's going on? Because there's a lot of crazy shit going on right now. Am I right? I think I am. Um, this will be hopefully a quick one because I've actually got to duck off in about 20 minutes. So fingers crossed. I know I always say that and then they always go for like 45 minutes. But uh, I'm just going to rapid fire shotgun approach to the stories today. Um, first, just want to say thank you very much for joining me to everyone and everyone who's been like um, hitting the like and the subscribe button on YouTube, on Instagram or on your favorite podcasting platform, if that's what you happen to be listening to my voice from. Um, Thanks heaps, I really appreciate it. I see you all, and I welcome it. Because this is all about getting more people more prepared for the future that we are facing at the moment. And let's be honest, um, it's not all doom and gloom, but we are moving into a harder time than what we we have previously had, which to be honest, is not that hard. We've been in a very blessed period of history. Now, things are probably going to take a little bit of a downturn. So let's get ready for that. All right, let's let's start off with the big news today. I'll jump straight into it. Um, I came out and I said on the last SITREP, hey, look, Putin is going to sign in. It looks like these four Ukrainian regions are going to sign up and say, yes, we want to be part of Russia. And I said, you know, this is going to take days maybe but it's probably going to take like weeks to to actually come through i was wrong and you know that happens <laughs> quite a bit in fact uh, i was wrong and they've done it uh they had a little ceremony they signed it it was all good that now um i mean it's not i'm not saying it's all good but <laughs> as, as far as the russian side is concerned they've, they've gave, given it a thumbs up and now according to russia from russia's perspective those four regions um the, the Donbass region uh, and the Zaraposia, I think I pronounced that right, uh, region, and one other, I can't remember what it's what it's called right now, uh, Kherson, Kherson um, is what it's called. Those four regions are now part of Mother Russia, as far as Russia is concerned. So that's, that's a pretty big deal. I didn't think it'd go that quickly. Uh, but it has. And again, like if we recall, I was doing these things back in February and I said, look, Russia is building up, but Russia's not dumb. They'll take their time. And I said that like on the 22nd, I think of February, I said, this will like, they're going to slowly eat this out. They're going to do it when it's advantageous to them. And then on the 24th, bang, they were in. And I was like, huh, that was a lot faster than I, I thought they would do it, but I did not think they'd do it that fast. So again, Russia, um, playing fastball every now and then, you can see him like manipulating the speed of what's going on here, where they hit the brakes and they're like, no, we're not doing it. Bam, here it is. Oh no, we're going so bam. Um, so yeah. Uh, Peter Rouse says, can't blame them for joining Russia after eight years of attacks by Ukraine on, on these regions. Um, yeah, for, for people who don't understand the situation there, especially within the... Um, Luhansk and Donetsk regions, it's not like this just started in February. Like this has been years in the building and this has been years of conflict that's been been actually happening there. Um, so anyway, uh, what's the reaction from this? We just had a an extraordinary, um, what would you call, announcement by uh, NATO because 
Zelensky got up there and said, yep, here's our application. We want to fast track into NATO now, like today now. So they said, okay, yep, hang on. Let's let's pump the brakes on this. The uh, Secretary General got up there and said, not going to happen. Uh, that's, not, that's not happening. But also very ambivalent, very ambiguous, I should say, in his comments around this. We will defend our allies, the allies of NATO. We will defend them and their... Um, their sovereign territory were the words that came out of his mouth. Now that's very interesting. It's it's a saying. It's essentially saying like, yeah, we're going to go in and back up uh, Ukraine, but have also said, Ukraine, you're definitely not part of NATO, though. You are definitely not part of NATO. We don't want that. Um, not not right now. Essentially, the reason given was there's 30 member states of NATO, and it, it needs grants from everyone, so we can't just come in here and say, yep, yep, you're in. Everyone has to sign off on it, and that's not the situation that we're looking at right now. Um, on top of this, there was a, a vote to or a vote as much as a, a vote and as much binding power as, as these organisations have, which in reality is not that much. They've come out and said um, we condemn it, we absolutely condemn it. But I want to give you a list of countries that um, abstained from voting from condemning Russian annexation of these territories. India, China, and Brazil. Hmm. <laughs> no surprises. That should be no surprise. If you've ever listened to me yarn on about the BRICS alliance before, this should be absolutely no surprise. But it, it is yet another step of formality that we're seeing within these um, alliances. So these strategic level alliances throughout the world and the shift in world power that we are currently moving through right now, that we are all a party to, that we're all witnessing and flowing in the flow of right now. Um, what an amazing time to be alive, hey? So Brazil, India, and China, um, you know, these are three huge countries. If, if we put this in perspective, by the way, for those who don't know what the BRICS alliance is, Generally speaking, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa as well. And then we've got uh, smaller countries attaching to it, smaller but important countries attaching to this BRICS alliance as well. And it has been running in the background for years now as this kind of other system, this other potential power, and has been wholesale ignored by, by a lot of people except for like a lot of kind of doomsday prepper people <laughs> who are going like, hey, this is a big deal. We should be worrying about this. So anyway, um, it's becoming more formal now. We're seeing this. And, and even with things like India still refusing, like, no, we're not sanctioning Russia. No, we're not going to stop buying stuff off Russia. We're going to continue doing this. Why is this a big deal? Because right now that alliance holds more human beings than the rest of the world combined. So more human beings are involved in this world. A huge amount of the actual land on Earth is within this alliance. A huge amount of resources that our world requires right now is within this alliance. So it is pretty important. And, and the fact that they said, hey, we're not going to vote on this is just yet another sign um, that it is growing in power. Um, yeah, so... I think I'm pretty much going to leave that there for now. Um, there's some other rumblings around the sides here where we're seeing, um, especially I'm getting information come from one of my sources about what's happening in the situation in Romania and Moldova. Um, that one is, I think, the next flashpoint, thinking about geographically where they sit. And from a strategic standpoint, it would be advantageous 
for Russia to possibly uh, move into there. Not, not move into there, but like affect that space. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a number of riots and civil unrest activity within Moldova, uh, which has classically been very neutral. We're, we're very, very neutral in Moldova. And in the past four days, we've seen a, a, a like 90 degree, even maybe a 180 uh, getting around there sort of degree turn from Moldova saying, uh, yeah, we're, we're First off, it said, we're neutral, but we need bigger military now. Help us, NATO, US, we're looking at you, please. We need it right now. Um, so that it's like, oh, that's interesting. I thought you were, you were pretty neutral. Why do you need these sort of uh, military buildup? Then on top of that, we're seeing, okay, like we're neutral, but also um, their, their leadership has come out and said basically, what happened in Ukraine is wrong. We are definitely standing with Ukraine 100%. And so that that's like, well, that's not neutral. <laughs> Comments like that are definitely not neutral in, in any way, way, shape or form. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying like, if you're touting neutrality, then you should be saying this, this, um, we, we don't, con we, we don't condone that sort of behavior, but we're not actively saying that what you did is wrong and that we need to help Ukraine or we're standing with Ukraine. So interesting turn of events there. Also a lot of civil unrest and unsurprisingly around cost of living, things like that. But is this being stirred up by Russia, this sort of civil unrest? It would be right smack bang in the middle of the Russian playbook. They're like textbook Russian. So it's like, are they doing it? Well, there's, there's no uh, evidence coming out in the sources that I'm seeing strong evidence that says that, yeah, Russia has agents in there and they're doing it. But it, it I mean, if the shoe fits, right? <laughs> if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, hmm, might just be dealing with a duck here. All right, what else we got? Um, I'm just, like I said, gonna shoot through this in a random order. Let's go to uh, the other big thing that I'm seeing is this Hurricane Ian that has just utterly annihilated Florida or parts of Florida. Some of the footage that's coming out, and there's been quite a bit of it, um, footage, photographs, and things like that, like it looks like some areas, some actual like suburbs, um, towns, and things like that have been annihilated, like wiped off the face of the map, pretty much. Um, so pretty catastrophic what's happening in there. That That's bad sort of stuff. Again, weather effects, you know, this is always a big thing for me. I'm always thinking about this. Um, do you have a plan to stay locked down, secure your facility? Do you have a plan to get out of there if need be? Um, other thing that's happened here is that it's actually punched over the Florida Peninsula and now it's coming back into the east coast of, um, of the US. And so the Carolinas are now on warning because it's actually picked up strength as well as it's gone back out like a hurricane generally or, or these sort of weather events cyclones, tornadoes, uh, um, typhoons, whatever you want to call them, wherever you are in the world, they pick up energy over the ocean, they hit land, and then as they're going over land, they've got nothing to sort of pull from anymore, so they dissipate as the further they go into land. Well, this one's swept over land and kind of gone small and then got back out into the ocean, got big again, and it's coming back, part two. Maybe it's harp, who knows? Um, ooh, I know some people just blew their um, tinfoil hats off then. It is harp, it's definitely harp. Uh, you don't know that, but it could be, I don't know. Um, what else have I got here? 
Uh, this one was an interesting mobiles to go dark amid European power blackouts. So European um, countries at the moment are looking or telecommunication companies in particular are looking at this at the moment and going, hey, what's going to happen come winter? We're already in energy crisis. We're going to lose power. We're going to lose mobile communications as well. This is this is bad upon worse being heaped up here. Um, whole heap of bad, bad things in the pipeline for Europe. Hey, Kumi Hunter 12. Um, always a different number. Um, good to see you, man. Uh, I have talked to two people um, in Europe in the past 24 hours and have been scoping what they're feeling about it. One of them is more in the, the northern Scandinavian part. One is down in France. Um, and the one in France has a lot to do with the stock market as well. <laughs> I'm sensing a little bit of panic there. Um Definitely, I think as far as Europe goes, France might be sitting in a slightly better situation than a lot of other parts, and that's that's a. I'm, I'm not saying that they're going to do all right. I'm saying the bow the the bar is really low right now, so um, they might do a little bit better than everyone else, but they're still going to get hurt pretty bad uh, there. So yeah, that's that's what they're looking at the situation there from from an anecdotal sense from the individual that I've been talking to. Not a good situation. Um, Peter Rouse says, mobile repeaters usually have a minimum 72-hour backup batteries. Um, that is correct. If So, uh, I mean, some of them have weak-long batteries. Some of them have generators, like diesel generators, hooked up to them. Some of them don't have much at all, depending on the company, depending on where it's situated. So, on, on an average, I would say, yeah, it's probably about three days' worth of juice if nothing's coming into a, a um, repeater station that you know the, the normal repeater station would be able to kick on for. Um, now, what that and, and, and that's actually true. So what I'm hearing is if companies are telling me like, hey, there could be mobile communication blackouts, that's that's them admitting, like doing doing the risk management strategic plan and going like, hey, we might be without power for three plus days, which which I think is is totally reasonable to to think about uh, if the current situation can continues going where it's going. Um, take the ride, hey, welcome back. Um, uh, hey there, smart man. Uh, okay. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just a dude who's like looking at stories and, and repeating them too. Um, upstate Carolinas, which is where uh, you are at Take the Ride. So this is this really good information for everyone right now. This is this is actually in, in that kind of general area that we're talking about with Hurricane Anne. Um, upstate Carolinas are good. Not sure about the coastal area as I'm sure they're going to get soaked on the edge. Supposed to get one, one to three inches of rain here tonight and tomorrow so there you have it um very interesting stuff that's happening there within the u.s uh i hope that that you guys are all safe where you guys are take the ride um and hey one to three inches what are we talking that's in the old scale ye oldie scale um us us young millennials who us hip millennials like to use millimeters and i'm going to say that's about two two point Five centimeters, so about 25 mil, um, up to what are we talking about? 67, 70 mil, somewhere around there. So that's, that's a fair bit of rain that's coming in. It's not nothing to sneeze at. Um, Peter Rouse says intentional comms blackout, maybe, perhaps, perhaps. 
Um, could be. Uh, what they're blaming at the moment is power blackouts and energy rationing programs that could knock it out. Um, also, like what's happened in Florida as well has knocked out a lot of power, like to millions of people, millions of people without power at the moment down in Florida. So more, more power uh, problems. French union strike disrupt energy sector. So there's another strike, um, this one in France, that uh, is going to affect their energy sector again. Um, and we've even got one in Australia. Oh, here's, an, here's another one that was sent to me. Uh, people are turning towards coal and logs to heat their homes after a surge in energy prices. This is coming out of the UK. A coal merchant in Somerset said he was busier now than he has been in the past 30 years. Yeah, that's cool, <laughs> right? Um, Peter Dutton, who is starting to me to more and more resemble um, the the leader of House Harkin in, in June. Uh, he's starting to look like unhealthy, that dude. But anyway, Peter Dutton... Um, I'm not throwing shade on the dude. Like I actually think think Peter Dutton actually does like speak some truths at some points. Uh, I'm not saying that this is one, but uh, he he's got fears. He's coming out that Australia is heading down the wrong track on gas. Aussies could be forced to deal with rolling blackouts like those seen in California under the government energy plan. Peter Dutton has warned. So um, you know th this this one's actually been in the pipeline for a pretty long time. Um, this whole Australian gas argument and and what our policies are around it which is complicated but in a general sense we'd rather sell it than use it ourselves um same same with coal well you know until it starts hurting aussies i don't know <laughs> like it, it could be setting us setting us up for pain uh in the future but We'll see where that one turns out. But again, I'm just highlighting these things. They're just energy sector problems that we're seeing, rolling blackouts. Again, we're seeing a separation. Um, I believe what will happen between the haves and the have-nots. And uh, basically anyone under the elite level is a have-not. Uh, we're not going to be able to, to access things like clean energy. One of the things that Dutton rightly put out is, is saying that like, hey, yeah, move towards clean energy. I get it. But the sun don't shine 24-7, kids. It just don't. All right, that doesn't happen. So, and and electricity needs to be moved from place to place with the current system that we have. Um, it's old school thinking. We haven't even begun to really even talk about updating that system, as in spreading it out from a centralized point to to out to individuals, to making it a multifaceted generation and moving around uh, system. But that's what we've got at the moment. And the current system that we use, linked in with the green energies that we have at the moment, don't work. It just don't work. Um, that might be it for today. Uh, yeah, all right, I'm going to wrap it up there for today. A um, lot of stuff. Uh, take the ride just said, do you, did you hear that Switzerland seismologist stated that there was four, four glass that took out the... For blasts, maybe, that took out the pipeline, not just two, done on purpose. Um, I didn't read that about Switzerland, no. I've, I've seen a number of other countries that have actually said that there was definitely blasts, which which doesn't necessarily indicate uh, intentional sabotage or, or, no, I should say, explosive devices, that a blast could happen from other, other means uh, if they had a, uh, maybe 
had some sort of pressure build up in certain areas, but it certainly points that way, right? <laughs> it certainly, again, if it, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it certainly like would be a coincidence almost beyond belief at this point if we thought that it wasn't some form of sabotage that happened here. It's happening right with that little peninsula of land or that island is near the pipeline. Uh, it happened right where that little peninsula. There is a small island that's that's off, uh, just off the pi the pipeline. Um, just on that, and I'll just wrap up here just very quickly. Was that um, Putin, as part of his speech, uh, if you listen to or read his speech about folding these um, regions into Russia now, actually did make comment on this. And, and he basically said kind of what I've been saying. He goes, well, who who profits from this? You look at who profits, that's who did it, uh, is what he said. And and like, I don't disagree with that, that kind of logic either. I'm saying, hey, look at who actually profits from this. Look at who gets hurt from this. It's probably going to be more around that person who profited from it. Um, yeah, and all Putin, take the ride, says all Putin had to do was turn off a valve. So why would you blow it up? I mean, there there are reasons, and I'm not I'm not saying he did or didn't do it. I'm not saying you know US did or didn't do it. I'm not saying anyone else did or didn't do it. Um, who knows? But there's certainly you know it would make more sense if if one of these sides did it more than the other. All right, that's it. I've got to wrap it up because I've got to get running. Um, thank you again for jumping on for listening to my ramblings. Hopefully, there's something in there where we can see okay where the world is heading and how we best prepare ourselves. Hey, Savage the Wild. Um, thanks for jumping on. I'm about to jump off though. <laughs> uh, stay safe out there, whatever you're doing. Remember um, that we do have the time and space. We still live in abundance that we ha we can keep prepping right now. And food, although it is going up in price, is not through the roof at the moment. We can start to build up our stores. We can start to build gardens. We can start to look after ourselves and look after each other. And that's where we're heading as human beings dragging that responsibility back to ourselves, back, dragging that resilience back to ourselves. Um, we have it within you right now as hundreds of thousands of years of survival technology. Let's kick it up a notch and start it, get it going again. Um, so until next time, gang, uh, stay safe out there. And as always, Semper Pratus.